0: Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong. But knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions, and that where you sit depends on where you stand, the challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions, and to break free of our prejudices, because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. For the past several podcasts, we've been focused on the theme that, in our opinion, the biggest risk facing our country today is what we call the battle between the haves and the have-nots. Given that, we want to discuss the economic consequences this will have and how it might affect investment decisions, not to mention government spending and taxes, especially this year because of the election which promises to be one of the most contentious in decades.
1: Last time, we spoke about housing. We spoke about our concern for the inequitable transfer of wealth and how home ownership is typically a big part of that. And because of that, while income inequality for young men and women may finally be narrowing, wealth is not. And it doesn't look like this will change anytime soon. Mortgage rates, for example, have come down a bit to an average of 6.6% on like a 30-year fixed, but given the reduced lending by banks, the cost of insurance surging, and new construction development falling last year by 41%, existing home sales slid 19% in 2023, and it's less affordable now than ever to buy a home, which doesn't bode well for anyone under 40
0: This week, we're discussing Social Security. Conceived in 1935 on the heels of the Great Depression, when the average life expectancy was 60, Franklin Roosevelt's idea was to find some way to help Americans save for retirement after they turned 65. That point aside, by 1950, there were still 16 people working for every potential beneficiary. Today, it's 2.7 which means the system has become unsustainable.
1: That's right. As birth rates have fallen and life expectancy has increased, the traditional pay-as-you-go framework, it has become untenable. Today, a man's life expectancy is 73 years old, six years less than a woman, according to the Journal of the American Medical Association. And unless something's done to fix it, by 2035, Social security will be insolvent. Now, young people know that. They know they won't get a dime, and they're already beginning to resent the older population, wondering why they're having to contribute anything at all at this point.
0: One of our greatest economists, Milton Friedman, once said, social security was the biggest Ponzi scheme on Earth, which, after Bernie Madoff, is saying a lot. The question is, what can we do about it? To begin with, starting now, we need Congress to have the guts to begin gradually increasing the retirement age for younger people. We need to reduce the payout for wealthier retirees according to some sort of means testing. And within limits, we should allow people to decide how to invest whatever it is they pay into the system so they buy in and are able to take a more active role in their own future.
1: The Social Security retirement age has increased from 65 to age 67 in order to receive a full payout. But that's not enough. Perhaps, as we've suggested in some of our other podcasts, we will get help from AI and the idea that AI can help us increase productivity. It's important Because according to Goldman Sachs, it has the potential to boost productivity by one and a half percent every year for the next 10 years. And according to a study by PricewaterhouseCoopers, when considering all the technologies based on artificial intelligence, it could add $15.7 trillion to global GDP by 2030 by increasing output by 10 to 15 percent.
0: Again, this is why we've been so focused on AI in our discussions and model portfolios for years, because it will help us solve problems faster, hopefully because of America's leadership in this regard, because of our embrace of technology and our ingrained entrepreneurial instincts and urge to innovate. We can increase the odds of addressing some of our fiscal challenges, but we need political reform as well. Because it will still take time for these advances to bear fruit. And we need people to work together to change the conversation from us versus them to simply us. Because if they don't accept the fact that the only way through this is through shared pain, so no group is singled out, it can only end in conflict and crisis.
1: But that, again, is the problem. Nobody wants to support anything if it comes out of their own pocket. And as the population has aged, seniors, for example, have become some of the most active voters. And for many seniors, because Social Security and Medicare will be their only source of income, anything that threatens to reduce whatever they receive will be a challenge contributing to this conflict between young and old. And as things stand, boomers are already finding it difficult to retire, That spending down their retirement savings or having to help their adult children with more than just a wedding or down payment on a new home. According to a recent report by Pew Research focused on young adults under age 35, they found that 59% of parents said they've been helping their adult children financially in general.
0: That, in fact, may be the only positive to come from this wealth gap between young and old. That is, that it's given some parents the means and reason to help.
1: But when it comes to the looming $72 trillion transfer of wealth from the boomers to the Gen X and to the millennials, it may only exacerbate that divide between the haves and have-nots because it's not happening for every generation in every household.
0: And as we said in our podcast, Raising Resilient Kids in November 2021 passing on wealth can be risky. Sometimes I find the lack of financial literacy here in America astounding, and many parents are concerned their kids if they aren't well off already on their own, that is, if they don't already know how to handle money and live within their means. When a large amount of money is suddenly dumped in their laps when they're gone, it may hurt more than it helps. As George Clooney said in the movie The Descendants, Give your children enough money to do something, but not enough to do nothing. Mm.
1: Well, following up on that notion, according to Forbes magazine in a recent study of lottery winners in Florida, for example, 70% go broke within five years. So where does that leave us when it comes to things like social security and the battle of the haves and the have nots? First, it means we've got a lot of work to do. Social Security and Medicare both need urgent reform and a little pain through reduced benefits for seniors who can afford it and gradually increasing the age at which full or partial benefits are received, starting with those of college age today, it's necessary. Second age discrimination in any form hurts everyone. And given our longevity, mandatory retirement based solely on age, it doesn't make sense anymore especially in the knowledge economy, because people need to have an income to bridge the gap so Social Security becomes less important.
0: Again, nobody's saying it will be easy. (laughs) Far from it. But it starts with leadership from our elected officials and our public-private solution. And in future podcasts, as promised, we'll be discussing the implications this will have on the investing and saving decisions we make today, one way or the other. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. And if you did, that you'll share it with friends, family, and associates so they can enjoy it too. This is Barnaby Levin and Lori Cammie for the Plutonomics Podcast, signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, and advisory services through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not and offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and any investment opportunity referenced may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced are from sources believed to be reliable and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary it does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.